Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Ricky Chino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. Well, if Dolph Ziggler can work on a Tuesday, I guess we can work on a Wednesday. We are back on our normal schedule now that my life is back to a has a has a more sense of normalcy to it. So we're back to recap NXT 2.0. Get you ready for what is expected to be a huge AEW Dynamite tonight. Of course, we got the World Championship match. Hangman Adam Page. We'll talk about him coming up in the five count specifically his title run as he gets set to defend in a Texas death match against the murder hawk Lance Archer. Yes, Dolph Ziggler did make a somewhat surprise return to NXT 2.0 last night. Mandy Rose, she retained her NXT Women's Championship last night and then got a little bit of assist from Io Shirai. And we're going to have a little fun conversation here. New report out about Shane McMahon and now WWE is trying to scramble to replace his top attraction match at WrestleMania 38 SP3. Shane McMahon considered a top attraction match at WrestleMania 38. If that doesn't tell you everything that you need to know that is wrong with this company, that's a sentence right there that explains it all. Yes, they they do it to themselves sometimes, ladies and gentlemen. They do it to themselves. But no, we're we're here to talk a little bit about wrestling, a little bit about NXT 2.0, which had some good wrestling on the night. I liked a lot of the, the in-ring action besides the main event. The main event I didn't think was too good, but everything else, this was a, a better a better than usual episode of NXT 2.0. Is it starting to grow on you? Is NXT no. 2.0 starting to grow on you at all? Is it starting to no. hit its stride here of what it could no. be? No, because everything else around it is awful. It's been like this. This is like people think that this is just the rebrand where the stuff outside of the ring is bad. No, this has been going on for a good two years now. Ever since NXT went to USA, their storylines, their backstage segments, just overall storytelling, way they they tell stories is just off. It's just off. Sometimes they'll have something cool, have something that works like the weights. Sometimes they'll have something that works like, you know, Karrion Cross and his whole run. Sometimes things will get over. Cameron Grimes is another key example yep. of that. Hit Row, another good example of that. But overall, this this show really lacks and is devoid of creativity when it comes to their story. Yeah, I think, again, this is when you have so many different characters, right? And that's really what this this show has become into. It's like everybody has a gimmick. Everybody has a shtick. They, everybody has to be something. It, it's hard to then get those characters to connect and have any kind of cohesion 
in storytelling whatsoever because it's like, okay, well, how do I get a poker player uh, to mesh with a rap artist or this, that, and the other thing? So it, it can be difficult from time to time. And again, I think this is what a developmental show is going to be. There's going to be some good. There's going to be the cream that rises to the to the top that's going to be fantastic. And then you're going to get a lot of, oh boy. And, you know, I, I think if you just, I, I see, I, t- I tend to say this a lot. If you focus on the good and just let, just let, let leave the bad stuff in your, in, in the past, you, you'll have a much more enjoyable uh, experience in they, watching the show. They've had good workers for a while now. This is, this is something that they benefit from. And they have, they've had workers in this new rebrand era that have gotten, over like the creed brothers their opener tonight was very, very entertaining very a good. fun opener the crowd is behind them and they have really have like steiners in the 90s type vibes with the creed brothers so they have something there that they seem like they're going with msk hasn't had a bad match since they came to nxt and they did and uh idris anofe and um uh, malik blade they he st- they stepped up so the dusty road tag team classic has provided us enjoyable in-ring action. So it's never been about like the in-ring work. All right, I got I got to cut you off. I got to cut you off real quick cuz I got to meet our contractual obligations here. Um again, I'm more enjoying the show uh this week really looking toward uh NXT Vengeance Day next week. I think that's a hell of a card they've got lined up. Hoping to enjoy that. Hoping to enjoy Super Bowl Sunday. SP3. The big game finally here. My Bengals taking on the LA Rams. Super Sunday, the last game of the football season. And as always, Bet Online has you covered from odds, scores, totals, player performance to props where the next uh, fire coach is going to land, whomever that may be. Bet Online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. Bet Online's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online, your number one online wagering destination. Head to Bet Online today and use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get you started. That is B L E A V, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, now that I've met contractual obligations, you may continue your point, sir. In-ring action, good stuff tonight, especially in the Dusty Cup. Yeah, Dusty Cup delivered. I just, yeah, just like I said, this the backstage segments stuff doesn't work or is not entertaining or it just comes off as lame. Like, every guy on this show is either <laughs> broke, not good with women, or both. Like, it's just, it's just a common theme of the night is just that these guys are one one or the other i like i like the stuff that they did with uh carmelo hayes and trick williams in the barbershop trying to be lebron james in his show uh the shop then you had cameron grimes kind of showing his evolution through nxt that stuff is good like they they can have good stuff they got people that are good in production like jeremy borash there that is still that can still produce these type of things they just need them to let them do that and let them tell the story in that way. I think both stuff connected on this night, and that's why it was an improved episode. I still can't get over Cameron Grimes wearing shirts. Like, it's just just a weird sight. It's like Smart Hulk in Avengers, right? It's like, he shows up and he's like, hey, he's wearing shirts now. Like, it's, it's, it's just a weird concept to me. 
I can't get over cleaned up Cameron Grimes, to be completely honest with you. I kind of miss old grungy Cameron Grimes, but they're obviously trying to main roster polish him up a little bit. Yeah, uh, that definitely seems to be the uh, the way it's going. I don't expect him to beat Carmelo Hayes next week, but I think that is going to be a, a damn good match. Uh, again, you got five matches set up for Vengeance Day next week right now. The Creed Brothers versus MSK. That match is going to absolutely bang. Braun Breakers defending against Santos Escobar. That has a lot of new combustible elements to it. Pete Dunn, Tony D'Angelo, a weaponized steel cage match, which is basically a steel cage match because you can get weapons in a cage match anyway. But okay. Uh, no, they're, they're attached to the, to the, to the ring. Man, they got to do yeah, something. Yeah. Don't Tony D'Angelo ain't good. I'm sorry. I'm I'm gonna say this. He's he's a character. He's a very good character. Yep. He's a very good talker. He's yep. not that good in the ring. So they had to. They're gonna give this match as many soaking mirrors as possible, which I agree with. Yeah, Tony D'Angelo is one of those guys. Like he he's he's over with the crowd. Everybody loves the character. Everybody loves the mic work. But this is a guy who needs to be in NXT and get some polishing and get some reps and 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 be there uh, for a while. I could pinpoint five or six people in NXT that I could bring up after WrestleMania with ease tony d'angelo would not be one of them uh toxic attraction they're going to defend the women's tag team titles against indian persia next week and then yeah we already talked about carmelo hayes and cameron grimes so really looking forward to to that episode that should be a really really rock solid episode of nxt so stacked that we couldn't get the women's title match on that show that happened tonight and mandy rose did retain with some help of toxic attraction should have saw that one coming when uh, it was reported that they were escorted out of the building. So, of course, Gigi Dolan and, and company come down and, and cause the distraction that leads to the running knee. Um, this was a big win for Mandy Rose. I was convinced myself before this episode started that Kaylee Ray was going to win this. Um, Mandy Rose gets her second successful title defense. She, whether, you know, interference be damned it's still a win over kaylee ray so this is going to be a, a nice notch for for her title run as this continues here um and then io shirai makes the save as toxic attraction swooped in there uh with with the bat at the end sp3 your your reaction to mandy rose hanging on to the women's nxt championship for a little while longer anyway i wasn't surprised um i thought that kaylee ray was the logical next challenger, but nothing gave me any indication that this title was getting off of Mandy Rose anytime soon, or at least not until WrestleMania week. Like, I think that's the time that you take the title off of her. But when you look at the advertisements for NXT, when you look at what they talk about when they talk about the NXT women's division on any other show, it's all about Mandy Rose and Toxic Attraction. Yeah. So I, I, don't, I don't understand anyone who thought this was going to go otherwise. I like the post-match with Io Shirai because I was wondering. I was hoping Io Shirai was teasing that she was going to ask Saray, who had a pretty good matchup on the night against Dakota Kai earlier tonight, to be her tag team partner in the Dusty Classic. But her making the save for Kaylee Ray sets up a logical tag team to fill the last spot in the Dusty Rose, uh, the Women's Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic. And they would be the favorites to win and then go on to face uh, Toxic Attraction and win those tag team titles. See, my, my thought process would have been here that you take the title off of Mandy because I'm still not sure what their their long-term plans with Mandy are. Is this kind of like a Finn Balor-esque run for her or is she in an NXT, you know, for the long haul to help, you know, bring up the rest of Toxic Attraction and then maybe move them up once those those guys are ready? But 
I look at your your Raw and SmackDown women's division right now, and I'm going, they could use a just a little bit of reinforcements. And Mandy's in-ring work has been uh, very good in NXT. She does not get as much credit as I think that she she deserves. And we know they need tag teams up in uh, up in the women's division right now because again, they still have. Hang on, let me let me do the math. Right, one team. They have one team uh in the main roster women's tag team division and you have so many other women that you're bringing up uh in nxt you know we're seeing the vignettes for nikita lyons who's somebody that i'm really big on let's not talk about the character work that they're doing with her right now uh we'll save that for another episode but my thought process would be okay you take the title off mandy rose you take the tag titles off toxic attraction and then you can move them up for wrestlemania season because you do need uh need bodies in the women's division up there right now but as you brought up before I went on the air, maybe that's something you do after WrestleMania and not before WrestleMania. Yeah. I just think that it just makes sense to uh, like toxic attraction to kind of play this whole thing out, get to WrestleMania week. They drop the tag team titles, the NXT championships. And I think by then they are a little bit more groomed where they're ready to go to the main roster. I do agree with you. The main roster needs an act like toxic attraction, but this is kind of the whole NXT women's division. They have tore this division apart systematically and made it all about toxic attraction. Although we got EO Shirai, Raquel Gonzalez, Kaylee Ray, and Dakota Kai on this, still on in this division. It's all about toxic attraction right now. So they got to play this out at least until the biggest show possible, which you would assume is NXT Stand and Deliver. If, if it looks like they're putting Shirai and Kaylee Ray together, you can possibly go win the Dusty Cup and then take the belts off the Toxic Attraction. Who do you think is the one that takes, just real quick, the belt off of Manny Rose eventually before they move all three of them up if they, that is indeed the plan to do? Cora Jade. They, they, they've been really focusing this on Mandy Rhodes and the sex appeal, and then Cora J being the young, cute, pretty, oh, she's good, she's, she's on the rise, she's losing right now, but she's going to win. If they want to tell the logical story, it would be her to beat Mandy Rose. They haven't really, I mean, Saray kind of is getting a, a little bit of a push right now. She's another option that you can kind of throw in there, but, I mean, outside of those two, I don't, because they would probably be going back to the well of, Raquel Gonzalez, Io Shirai, and even really Kaylee Ray because she was champion so long on NXT NXT UK. I don't think she is going to get a run on in the uh, on the main uh, NXT roster. I think that if she wants a run with the title, her better off is getting called up to the main roster. Well, if there's one thing that WWE does well, it's logical storytelling. So we'll we'll look forward to to. <laughs> The core chain uh, winning that championship. Uh, the other big newsworthy thing that happened, uh, Dolph Ziggler deciding that he works on Tuesdays now. Uh, he did show up. If you haven't really been following this on, on social media, I wouldn't blame you if you haven't, or a couple other little uh, backstage segments like WWE exclusives. You've seen this with Dolph Ziggler interacting with other NXT talent. I think he had something he did with LA Knight, and then he's been tweeting back and forth with, with uh, Braun Breaker. He shows up tonight in the exchange between Santos Escobar and Braun Breaker setting up their match for next week. And he sure as hell looks to be uh, interjecting himself as a future challenger uh, for Braun Breaker. Like, 
everybody in this segment, because Tommaso Ciampa came out at one point too, everybody in this segment was ignoring Santos Escobar. And I love the fact that he just grabbed the mic and said, hey, what in the flying hell is going on here? Everybody is like counting me out, discrediting me. I love the fact because so many people just sit there and just don't do anything. I love the fact that he just kind of interjected and was like, hey, look, I'm the, I'm the effing star here. I'm winning this title next week. I thought all of this really, really worked. And Dolph Ziggler, to me, looked more relevant and looked more like a star in, in one segment on NXT tonight than he has in three years, three, four years on, on the main roster tonight. They really, really presented him well. And I loved his line tonight, like, hey, look, 99 times out of 100, things don't go my way. But you know what I can do? And you know I can take that championship off of you. I thought this this whole segment worked tonight. And and SB3, honestly, the way they presented Dolph, I would not be mad if they moved him to Tuesdays permanently and they gave him, as this is an analogy I've already brought up, a Finn Balor-esque run in NXT, where maybe he even feuds with Braun Breaker, maybe takes that title off of Braun Breaker, and those two could fight back and forth for for six months or so before Breaker goes over him. Look, Braun, don't give me that. Don't give me the eyes. All right, Braun Breaker losing to a guy like Dolph Ziggler, who's a twenty year veteran, is not that detrimental to a guy who is still technically a rookie, rookie of the year. Yes, but it would not be that detrimental to him. The guy that cut a promo, basically saying in the most subtle way possible that he's the biggest loser that could have possibly came from the main roster on NXT. He literally said, I lose 99 out of 100 times in the first promo on this show, and you're telling me that the unstoppable, undefeated rookie world, rookie NXT champion should lose to him? Like, no, no. This is, this is just, I feel like this is just a program for WrestleMania week to give Braun Breaker a a name talent that is going to draw some eyes for this NXT Stand and Deliver show. It may draw some eyes if he is on NXT for the next couple of weeks. It gives him a big challenger for that show. It makes sense. You can get you can do Ciampa versus Ziggler on the road there to determine the number one contender, and then Ziggler, you know, versus Breaker at Stand and Deliver. But this makes a lot of sense because literally when you looked at the main NXT roster, it was either going back to the Ciampa match or versus yeah. Valter. And you would think they would they want to get Valter a little bit more up there, get him more wins, establish him more again as that final boss. So when he versed Braun Breaker, people are not going to know who's going to win because Breaker is going to have an established title run by there. It would make sense for Volta to win, but still he's Braun Breaker and he's undefeated. So that's the big matchup, and that's the matchup they probably will say for SummerSlam week takeover. But WrestleMania week, you needed a big talent. Dolph Ziggler is a name talent regardless of him being a loser like he said he was. (laughs) He is a name talent. This is just a big name to add to Braun Breaker's list of accomplishments, list of victories. It makes sense on all accords, but him beating Braun Baker makes zero sense. I Again, I wouldn't hate it. I, depending on how they booked it, depending on how they booked it, doesn't have to be a clean victory whatsoever. That's but, you know, point. look, what you, you could sit here and talk about Braun Breaker being like this this unstoppable force, and right now he is, and you're an unstoppable force until you meet until you eventually lose, all right? Until you meet Volter, you don't. That would be 
be it would be so ill-advised to put like Ziggler. I am all for Ziggler being on Tuesday nights because I do agree with you. Tonight was the big he it was the most he felt like a star since 2016 and his feud with the Miz. It's been that long. It's been like six years since this man felt like a star. The crowd was behind him. He felt like more of the baby face against Braun Breaker than Braun Breaker, who was very popular with that CWC crowd. They were behind Dolph Ziggler. I'm all for it. But Dolph's role is to put over young talent like Braun Breaker. It's not to beat him after you just cut a promo telling us that you lose all the time. Ah, How does that yes, make sense? But that's when you bring in another person who is not being used worth a damn on the main roster. You can bring him back to NXT and give him a nice little run as well. Bring Big Bob along with them, man. You could have put Robert Roode help Ziggler over. Put them in the tag division. They'd be perfect in the tag division. You don't have Dolph Ziggler. It doesn't matter. He can have 56 people help him. It would make zero sense, and it would never work if Dolph Ziggler beat Braun Breaker. So, so what you're saying is if Dolph Ziggler won the NXT championship off of Braun Breaker, this would be your reaction? <laughs> no. I would, just turn, I would just turn off the TV, ladies and gentlemen. I wouldn't even care that much. That, that is that is that is me doing Damian Priest going into Damian mode, but I would not be going into Damian mode. I would turn off the damn channel because this company, this company. I love that photo. I I, I did that whole setup just to just to drop that on there. To be completely I, honest I, with I you, I do love the idea. I do love the idea of Dolph having an extended stay there. One because I think it would be better. For him personally, because he's going to get the star treatment and get a better run on anything that he or or honestly, Robert Roode, which is why I'm saying go ahead and said Bing Bob down there as well. than anything that they've done on the main roster since they won the tag team titles and then never really defended them. And even that that tag team title run, they, they haven't really explored these guys as a team and they can barely get on television. So it would be great for him. But it would also be great for some of these young talent to have a guy like Dolph Ziggler, to have a guy like Robert Roode down there that they can work with that they can learn from and that's that's really what the the value is here for bringing in a guy like Dolph Ziggler or Robert Roode so yeah I would be totally fine regardless of whether or not he does beat you know Braun Breaker again I think I I do think it could work depending on how you do it uh but I'm I'm totally down one way or the other uh with an extended uh stay here for Dolph Ziggler now Dolph Ziggler getting paid that bonus money to show up on a Tuesday. Do you want to make some money? How about you invest in an exciting asset that has outpaced the S&P 500 by 146% for 25 years? And I'm talking about Art Bay. Masterworks is the new investing app that lets you invest in blue chip paintings from icons like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol without needing millions to do it. Over 300,000 people have already signed up. Get priority access with our unique promo. Log on to masterworks.art slash believe. That is masterworks.art slash B-L-E-A-V. You can see important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclosures. It's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. Oh, yes, baby. NXT 2.0 in the rearview mirror. Let's look ahead to a huge huge AEW Dynamite tonight on TBS almost said the wrong network on TBS that's where Dynamite can be found 
By the way, do you have problems finding sci-fi for Raw and NXT 2.0? Because I, I had a hard time finding sci-fi on my. No, my uh, my sling just uh, records WWE Raw, WWE NXT. It doesn't matter what channel it's on. Oh, that's nice. That's a nice little feature. Yeah, I, I had to. I had to search. Anywho, big uh, big event tonight on TBS, and we could talk about Hangman Adam Page defending the AEW World Title, which we will. But honestly, the the headliner here is who the hell is this mystery talent that is showing up tonight? And we did see photos of Keith Lee and Mia Yim on their honeymoon, uh, which is putting an even more cloud of doubt, possibly, on who but, this talent. But she might got be. exposed. She got exposed. Someone, someone showed the picture that the, the that picture is from like 2020. Of oh, was it? Okay, I didn't yeah. see that. So, I didn't so, see that. So, it's been it's been funny how people have been like trying to hint at it or like trying to throw off the hints, but they have been like kind of stumbling a bit or semi stumbling to throw off the scent. Like it's weird because you also had Karrion Cross and Scarlet Bordeaux. It's kind of sound like they gave away that they're going to be their debut. So there's a lot of things going on, and it's very interesting. Yeah, it, it, it honestly what it is is it's guerrilla marketing at its finest because you get this the the rumor mill swirling, swirling without really knowing anything. Nobody knows whether it's Meltzer or Ross Sapp, and if they do know, they're keeping their, their mouth shut on this one. Uh, Tony Khan did do an interview with Justin Barrasso from uh, Sports Illustrated and said that tonight's signing is going to be a huge one uh, for them. He says he has created some debate about what it means to open the forbidden door, uh, and that's what we're going to do on this show. Fans are going to get a great night of wrestling, and I hope everyone is surprised. So again, he's he's pushing up that surprise model. Keith Lee seems to be the betting front runner, but if they're going for a surprise, maybe it is a guy uh, like Bray Wyatt. But I did think it was very interesting here that he's talking about constantly looking to improve the roster and adding to the roster. And this is something that we've talked about: is that if you keep adding new talent every couple of months or every month which is what they have been doing, eventually you're going to get to the point where you have too much talent. And there are some people like myself who think they've already gotten to that point, especially for the, the amount of TV time that they have. But Tony Khan told Justin, like, look, he sees that as a benefit, that he has a roster that is set up for the here, the now, and the future. And he has different guys that he can go to, kind of like a stacked bullpen. He can pick anybody out at any time and decide to give them a push, and he thinks that is the best way uh, to run the company. So question number one here on the five count, are you buying or selling Tony Khan's belief that a large roster like this, full of stars, is a benefit and not a detriment uh, to the roster as a whole? Yeah, I I buy that it's a benefit. I think that it is a benefit. I think that WWE, you know, a lot of people complained about WWE signing a wealth of talent from the independent scene back in like 2017, 2018. And it wasn't because it was like overblowing the, the roster. It was because they had a boatload of talent that they already had that were just sitting in catering. And there were yeah. ways to utilize that. I feel like AEW have done a good job of rotating their roster where you don't see the you don't see the same people week to week, but you see the people that matter the most week to week, like your MJFs, like your like your uh, CM Punks, like your Brian Danielson, your John Moxley's. You'll see them week to week. I just feel like he just has to get better at doing this whole rotation. I think if WWE would utilize a rotation where 
They can use their top six on all the shows they want, but you got to cycle out some of that same talent. We talk about it all the time when we review SmackDown. They got the same 16 people on every single show, and all they do in the draft is just shuffle out that those three people for that three people and they switch plans, but it's still the same 16 people on each show being featured when they have a roster of over 200. It makes no sense. And then yeah. it gets them to the point where they have to do the budget cuts. You don't want W you don't want AEW to get to that point. So right. I understand. I like what Tony Khan is saying here. And he is, and he used the example of, someone like as experienced as a Brian Danielson and someone yeah. that they recently signed being able to help a rookie who just started with them last year in Jay Cargill. He's actually asked Danielson to mentor Jay Cargill. And that's going to be so beneficial to Gargill for the rest of her career, regardless of if it's an AEW or not. So I understand the benefits of having that large roster. If he wasn't able to sign a star that has 20 years of experience, like Brian Danielson, he wouldn't be able to improve someone who has all the star-making ability but just needs to be molded in the ring and other certain certain aspects of things. Like That's the whole reason why a large roster is really beneficial, and it is beneficial for WWE, and it was for a very long time. They just didn't know how to rotate people. So my hope in saying that I buy this is that Tony Khan gets better with rotating his talent. Yeah, and and that's that's the whole thing is I have more faith in Tony Khan to rotate talent in and out, not overuse the same people, not fall in love with the same six toys than I do Vince McMahon. And I also have more faith in Tony Khan to follow through on long-term plans and long-term booking than I do Vince McMahon. Case in point, you look at the story of Hangman Adam Page, who was at the time one of the biggest, you know, the top six when AEW's roster first showed up and they could have put the AEW world title on him. Instead, they make the smarter decision and go with the more established Chris Jericho. And then that began this two year journey. Tony Khan said something one time that was like unfathomable to me just because, you know, we, we never see any other major promotions like follow through on this. He said he knew who his first eight, four AEW world champions were going to be right off the bat. And he followed through with those four people. And of course that's after John Moxley signed with the company and, and he followed through with all of that. And if you go back to the pay-per-view where the first AEW world champion is on the poster for it, that I think Kenny Omega had on his Twitter for at least like a year is the first war AEW world champion. So yeah. back in September, 2019, before they crowned, the first AEW world champion, that was like the foreshadowing of who the next four, who would be the first four champions. So again, I'll, I'll go ahead and buy this, even though I do think that AEW's roster is a little too big for the amount of TV time that they had. If they had seven hours of live TV like WWE, I'm almost to the point where I think they need a brand split as, as, as awful as that is coming out of my mouth. Uh, I'm almost to the point where I think that might, be the case you don't need to add any new championships they already talk about how the tnt and tbs titles are you know world titles all right we'll just put them on their own brand and that might be a way to go i do think they need more live television which is easier said than done and that would help alleviate some of the issues uh, but i think they are approaching that that dangerous point where you're going to overfill and again this does work if you have a a selfless roster where you know you have some of these younger guys or you have people like 
you know, Brian Cage, who you brought in and then has been off of TV, you know, not everybody's going to be happy to be waiting in the wings. And if you are one of these younger guys and you see, oh, well, crap, now they brought in Christian Cage. Oh, well, now they brought in Alistair Black. Oh, crap, here comes CM Punk and Brian Danielson, and they're not done. It could be Bray Wyatt. It could be Braun Strowman. It could be Keith Lee. We could be getting uh, uh, Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae at some point as well. I mean, they're not done. Tony Khan sees new free agents, and he just like like a, a Tiffany Stratton who has her daddy's credit card. Like, he's just ready to go. So eventually they're going to get to that point. They've done a great job of not getting to that point, but I'll buy it for right now because Tony Khan has, has been able to prove otherwise. And I have a lot of faith in him. If he has long-term story plans where he thinks, okay, Daniel Garcia is going to be my AEW world champion in 2025. I have the faith in him that as long as Daniel Garcia is still under contract, uh, he will get there. Uh, one uh, soon to be free agent uh, who is getting a lot of people uh, hitting him up. Apparently is uh, formerly known as Isaiah Swerve Scott Swerve Strickland according to Fightful Select, is going to have a lot uh, of options. Pretty much every company under the sun will be very interested in him once his non-compete is up. So we move on to number two here, SP3. Where would you like to see him end up once he is free to sign elsewhere? Um, This one is a difficult one because I think this free agent is going to be Keith Lee and... I, you know, you, you were just talking about it. There's a large roster over there in AEW, but I'm sorry. Like, there, when it comes to can't miss free agents, Swerve Strickland is at the top of that list, like, for me. Like, this guy can talk. This guy can deliver in the ring. He, he does his own music. Like, he's got it all, and he just has that it factor and that charisma. He could be a guy that you can build the company around. So I understand why all these companies are going after him. But if, I am, if I'm a fan and I see the roster that AEW has, there are so many dream matches for him there. So, of course, I'm going to say I would love uh, Swerve Strickland to wind up in AEW. But he can really can't miss wherever he goes in MLW. He's gonna he's gonna be right up there for the world championship with Hammerstone and Davey Richards. If he goes to Impact Wrestling, he could be in the in the X division. Hey, yes. Impact loves to get released WWE talent. They will sign Ashanti Diadonis and Top Dollar. They could go after the tag team titles. Yep. Like they could do it all there. Like and he could be a world champion as well. So really, you can't go wrong anywhere you can. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, man. It's like you talk about all the dream matches in, in AW and who says he he doesn't get there, you know, eventually. I, I think for him, if he go to if he went to impact wrestling, I think he'd be a world champion within three months, three, six months uh, of making it to uh, to the company. And I look at yeah, you could talk about a match with Moose, but I look at a match with Chris Bay or Josh Alexander, Trey Miguel, a match between Swerve Scott and Trey Miguel for the uh, X Division Championship. Sign me the hell up for that. Knowing how stacked AEW's roster is. As a guy who would love to see, you know, Swerve Scott get that opportunity in the main event scene like that, I'm leaning more toward impact. But yes, you're right. You just can't go wrong uh, in any way, shape, or form. One place that you can go wrong a lot is uh, if you spend your time online in SP3. I'm more, I'm more tapped into Twitter uh, than, than, than you are, which, by the way, you can follow me at Rick Uccino, R-I-C-K-U-C-C-H-I-N-O, and follow him at True Heel SP3. That is true without the letter E. Um, but this is something I've been kind of sitting on. Like I've just seen people for whatever reason, just dogging the hell 
out of Hangman Adam Page's AEW title run, which does, by the way, include two banger matches against Brian Danielson. Like, I, he, he's, he's had the belt for a couple of months now, but there are people who are just crapping all over this. Like, I, I, I kind of understand what they're saying because they're talking about how Kenny Omega was really the, the face of, of AEW. Hell, he was the face of AEW. He's the face of Impact. He was all over the place as world champion where Hangman Adam Page is kind of, the show's not exactly built around him, but people are kind of taking that and going, just cranking it up to 11 with the criticism. So I'll move to number three here, considering how over he is and how ready everybody was for him to be the AEW world champion. Are you surprised by the, the online critiques of his title run so far? No, no, because literally, like literally the online community has critiqued every single AEW world champion. When Chris Jericho beat Hangman Page, there was a community of fans that were like, Hangman Page should have won. This is supposed to be building new stars. You put your title on the w on a WWE champion. When Moxley won it, it was a, kind of the similar thing. You put it on a WWE guy. Oh, Moxley hasn't been around for weeks. Oh, I don't care if it's a pandemic. He's your champion. He's supposed to be around every week. So, so yeah, there's always that. And then when Kenny Omega won, oh, my God, you see, he's not a draw. He proves he's not a draw, even though he got Impact's best pay-per-view numbers in a decade. And at 2021, where he was world champion, at the fourth biggest pay-per-view buy rates in AEW history. And AEW had record ratings during that time. Like, it just, like, it's very confusing. So I'm not surprised that the online is critiquing Hangman Page's AEW title reign. Because, honestly, this is the first one that deserves it. Because when you look at those three previous champions, the one thing that they have on Hangman is that the company was confident enough to kind of give them their own segment on every show, and it was memorable. When you had Chris Jericho, you had, like, the inner circle uh, little vignette with uh, with Soul Train Jones before the full gear matchup with Cody Rhodes. You had promo segments between inner circle and the elite. He had he always had something going on, and it was always one of the more memorable parts of the show. When John Moxley was champion, even if he had a vignette where he's cutting a promo, it was one of the more memorable things on the show because he's John Moxley, and you felt the passion from the moment he came back after the whole, uh, you know, the first part of the pandemic, and he cut that promo about calling your grandma and everything else. Everything he said in promos and in matches, it worked. And he had tag team matches as well, not just singles, with like Darby Allen and stuff. Kenny Omega had multiple different like multi-man matches with the Good Brothers, with the Young Bucks. It was all about the elite. He had promo segments with him and Don Callis. He was always doing something and always it felt important. With Hangman Page, it just hasn't. Like, after he wins the title, we don't see him wrestle and really on television in a prominent way for four weeks. It's all the focus is on the challenger, Brian Danielson, Brian Danielson. Going, through, going through the Dark Order, which I thought at first was a cool way to subvert, like, expectations of the babyface going through the heel faction, having the heel go through the babyface faction. But it took a spotlight off of Hangman Page and had it solely on Brian Danielson. So when they did the draw... It kind of it worked for me in the vacuum, but it kind of hurt Hangman Page as well because you put all the focus on the challenger and then he couldn't beat the challenger. And then the weeks after that, they didn't really give him matches. They gave him one promo segment with him and Brian Danielson. But once again, 
Brian Danielson looked the better in that. So it was more about Danielson. He gets the big win over Danielson. And what's their follow-up? A field with Lance Archer, where we've seen with John Moxley. We've seen with Cody Rose. We've seen with all these guys, these, these Lance Archer feuds just don't work, especially at the top of the card. It just doesn't work because you've beaten them too many times. It's the Kane, the Big Show theory. When you have a big man and you build them up just to get beat in title matches, when you do it enough times, People are not going to be interested right. in it. So that overall is a feeling that's now on the Hangman page, AEW title run. And that's one of the main reasons why I said the other, other day on the show, I want him to verse MJF because there's no hotter heel than MJF. And that will rub off on Hangman page. Although it will probably mark the end of his reign, that's going to be the thing that gets the most interest. I think that he can get interest with Adam Cole for sure and they have all that history with each other but the way to really inject this title run with some steroids is him versus MJF to answer the question I'm not surprised by the online critiques either because it's it's online I mean let's just let's be honest people bitch about everything I remember when Drew McIntyre won the WWE championship at Wrestlemania and people were calling him boring after two weeks and were saying they need to take the title off of him uh, remember, by the way, that was, you know, during the pandemic back when there was literally only one fan in attendance and it was in the ceiling. Uh, so pretty much everything was freaking boring because it was that awkward, that awkward moment in time. So I remember people, you know, they, 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 Daniel, Daniel Bryan. And I, I mean that Daniel Bryan said it best one time fickle fans are fickle. They love you one moment. They hate you the next uh, They bitch about everything. So I'm not, I'm not surprised by that. And yes, I, I, I can't argue with anything that you've said. So I guess the point here is, you know, if, if they're going to make this title run a, a successful one, because the, the wrestling has been good. He'll have his third title defense against Lance Archer tonight, which we all expect him to win. Um, so, you know, the match will be good, but it's a pretty predictable outcome. We expect him to win. Can they still salvage this and make this a really memorable title run uh, moving forward? And maybe they start with Adam Cole and do a couple of other people before moving on to MJF. Because I agree with you, if they hop to MJF too soon, he's losing it. So wouldn't that not be detrimental to Hangman Adam Page to have him go against MJF right now in the same way that it would be beneficial to him? I mean... He's, he would be involved with the hottest act in the game, so it would immediately make his title run feel more important. So that's why I said, yeah, that's why I said that's probably the best option for him. But like I said, I don't want his title run to end, and I think that he can get some magic with Adam Cole, and then, you know, the months of before Double or Nothing, he can have another challenger as well to kind of get get make his title reign feel a little bit bigger. So he has time to kind of turn things around, but I understand a lot of the online critiques. Speaking of online, what is more important than your peace of mind? That is nothing. And that is what NordVPN is here for, is to give you peace of mind while you are online. And with all of the threats that you face today on the internet, it is more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either, and plans start at under $4 per month. 
So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code B-L-E-A-V to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month free. It is also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. And speaking of money, SP3, I'm in the given mood again. Go ahead and we'll, we'll make the announcement today. We're doing another giveaway ahead of AEW Revolution. $50 cash money to shop AEW. You want to get that Britt Baker t-shirt? You want to get this very awesome Jurassic Express shirt that I'm wearing? You want to get your CM Punk gear? You want to get your hooker gear? Your hook gear? If it is still intact, very simple. All you have to do, go to my Twitter page, find the tweet where I, I lay out all the, con- the, the contest rules here, the registration rules, retweet that, Make it a lot easier for me to to locate a winner. Retweet that. Follow both of us on Twitter. Subscribe to the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast YouTube channel. And here is the kicker, SP3. Are you ready for this? You ain't ready for this. If we get to to 500 subscribers before Revolution, I'll double it. I'll double it. If we get to 500 subscribers by March 7th, March 6th, excuse me, March 6th, when Revolution is, That's $100 to the winner to shop AEW. So hit the subscribe button, ladies and gentlemen. Free cash money. WWE, on the other hand, they said goodbye to the money. There goes the money. Shane McMahon. There goes the money. Dollar, dollar. Shane McMahon out the door. And according to WrestleVotes on Twitter, uh, that takes away one of WWE's top attraction matches for WrestleMania 38. He was set to feud with somebody. Uh, There were names being tossed around about Shane and Bobby Lashley, uh, Shane and Austin Theory. That was another one. I think Shane possibly challenging for the WWE Championship was something that I saw at WrestleMania 38. I don't know how, um, you know, valid that was. If that was an option, I don't know, but it's out there. It's out there online, so it must be true. Um... Regardless, they have a spot on the card that they need to fill. And they are now searching for that top attraction match, a top-level match at WrestleMania 38. To put that out there according to WrestleVotes on Twitter. So number four of the five count here, real quick, SP3, as we uh, wrap up the show. If you could book a quote-unquote top attraction match for WrestleMania 38, what would it be? What would you replace Shane O'Mac and whomever with? I'm going to defer to you first because you told me you told me before we start recording that you have something that would never happen. Oh, it's never going to happen in the, in a million years, but um I'm giving Mickey James uh the the chance to defend her knockout women's championship at WrestleMania. It's not going to be against Charlotte Flair because Charlotte obviously is uh set up to go with Ronda Rousey, but I'm looking at a top star in the women's division that has no clear-cut shot to WrestleMania right now. I'm booking Sasha Banks versus Mickey James at WrestleMania 38 for the Impact Knockouts Championship. That would be my top attraction match, and that would be a match that would be better and get more attention than Shane McMahon versus literally anybody. That's the match that I would book if I could if I could get the forbidden door open one more again. But again, it's it's a pipe dream. But that's what fantasy booking is, right? It's a fantasy. So that's that's the route that I would go. Yes, but I, people, like to put my Vince hat on and look at something that would realistically happen 
You know, it says and, if you could book, right? Like if you yeah. if you were calling the shots, so you're actively deciding to put your Vince McMahon hat on here. Yes, because I don't like to book things that will never ever happen in WWE because that because we we have influence. You must understand that, Rick Eugenio. People do actually listen to you, and that's gonna get oh, their God. hopes up. Yes. Why would anybody the, ever listen to me ever? I don't, I don't understand it, but I, I, they do. <laughs> they do. They do, sir. And you are setting unhealthy expectations for this company. But if, okay, I'll, I'll put on, I'll take off my Vince hat and I'll think like SP3. If I, okay. if I could book a top attraction match for WrestleMania 38, I mean, I've said it once, I said it again. Edge is a big star, and everything he does is considered important. So give me Edge versus Kevin Owens. I think that Kevin Owens and Edge could give us a very entertaining buildup to WrestleMania 38, and that's the match I want to see. That feels like a top attraction match where you have a star of the past versus a current star. Now, putting on my Vince hat. Vince is desperate, ladies and gentlemen, oh. and desperate times calls for desperate measures. So, putting on my Vince hat, oh, it God. tells me that we are getting Seth Rollins versus The Undertaker. Oh, my God. I hate you. You heard it here I first. Hate- I hate you so much for putting that out into the universe. You're going to sit here and tell me that I am being uh, the, the one who is irresponsible and putting unreasonable expectations on people by throwing out a match that we would actually want to see. And you're actively going to come on this show, this show that I brought you on and say they're going to pull the Undertaker's dead ass out of retirement to wrestle Seth Rollins so Seth freaking Rollins can carry him through a match at WrestleMania? How dare you bring that out into the universe on this ma- on this program? How dare you, sir? Got it. This is what I'm here for, ladies and gentlemen, for what this company would do. Uh, he's desperate ladies and gentlemen he's either calling shane or the undertaker i'm shane the undertaker and goldberg seems the most likely option no, for here, here's the thing because they'll do something else with seth rollins here's the here's the likely thing is they'll do goldberg versus the undertaker again just to uh, prove that these two guys could actually put on a good match no no no, the Undertaker would not come back unless there's someone that can get a, that he thinks could get a good match out of him. So I went with Seth Rollins. God, I freaking hope not. Hey, you know what though? It's WrestleMania season. I mean, it's time for uh for for, for star entrances, and we've seen stars from other industry come into WWE. Some more successful than others. Never forget, we have uh, Rob Gronkowski, former twenty four seven champion, Super Bowl champion. He's he you know he's still kicking around. May come back to WWE if he decides to retire. Apparently, he wants to play with Joe Burrow, so I guess he wants to come to Cincinnati now. That's going to be a popular thing. But it is Super Bowl week, so let's have a little bit of fun here. We've seen other athletes come into WWE and have success. So I will ask you, SP3, if you could you could find a current athlete in another sport, all right? I'm not going to limit it to football, but if you could pick another athlete currently and after their career is done that you would like to see make a transition into pro wrestling, who would you choose? Who do you think would be good? Who do you think is suited for the world of professional wrestling? 
Um, personality wise, I think Draymond Green would be good from the yeah. Golden State Warriors because he has that type of personality. He's very aggressive on the court. He he has a lot of like Dennis Rodman type of things. So that's why I made that correlation that he would probably do good. And plus, he's a very funny and uh, very like uh, charismatic type of guy that I think would uh, make it work. Of, of course, there's also a LeBron James. LeBron James, his career is winding down. And if you want just a big money matchup at like a WrestleMania or something, you bring in LeBron James and put him against anybody. That's going to get numbers. LeBron versus Shaq. Oh, oh. Man. Absolutely. Like, this, is, this is what you get. You didn't give me a ring when you went to Cleveland. Cleveland. Ah, ah, take that. Take that, Shaq. Um, <laughs> if you go into the uh, football world, um, I mean, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, I know there's a bunch of people that would love to get to see him get his butt kicked. So that, that's, <laughs> that's one person uh, for sure. Tom Brady just retired. Tom yeah, Brady, one time, one time, him, Gronk, and then you have the returning Mojo Rally as a trio versus somebody at a WrestleMania. Come on. Book I, it. Book I, it. I look at, from again, from an entertainment value, so I'll go with the E here in WWE. Give me a three-man faction. I love the tight end position in football. These guys are insane. They bring a lot of entertainment value to it. The A lot of these guys just seem built for professional wrestling by the way that they handle themselves in the media, their personalities. There's just something special about the tight end position. So give me a three a, a faction called three tight end set. It can be led by Rob Gronkowski. Give me George Kittle who's actually done a little bit of, of amateur wrestling and obviously loves this shit to the point where I think he would do it. And an underrated tight end on the field and off of it, all-around good guy, but this guy is just a star in the making, especially from the season that he's had, and hopefully he'll have a good Super Bowl. I'm talking about CJ Uzama from the Cincinnati Bengals. This guy at the pep rally this week, in front of 30,000 fans. Yeah, by the way, the Bengals got 30,000 fans compared to the Rams' 3,000 fans uh, at their pep rally. Uh, but in front of 30,000 fans, he hobbles up there. He pulled the Kevin Nash. I don't know if you saw this, but like he injured his knee in the AFC Championship game. There's a question about whether or not he might play. So he kind of does the little limp act, hops up there. He's got the knee brace on. Then all of a sudden, he takes the knee brace off and chucks it 30 feet into the air and starts walking around and then running around the lower bowl and high-fiving everybody. There's just something special about these guys personality-wise. I would love to see former tight ends mixing it up. A lot of these guys tend to retire a little bit early because they get so banged up. You know, uh, Gronk already retired once and then came back, which is why, you know, he's not in WWE right now. May still be under contract. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, give me, give, me, give me these crazy dudes, whether it's actually, like, wrestling long-term or, or doing something. I love to see these big personalities. Mike Daniels is another guy. And I've actually talked to Big E about this because that's his boy from their Iowa days. Mike Daniels would be another guy who is just tailor-made uh, for the world of professional wrestling. So sign me up for, for any of those guys uh, showing up in, in WWE. And, and Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, uh, I'll give a shout-out for. He's another guy that's a big wrestling fan that would uh, make it work from the 76ers. So. All right, one final thought before we wrap up. Bully Ray on... Sirius XM Busted Open Radio says that Goldberg should beat Roman Reigns in Saudi Arabia and then immediately drop the belt back to Roman Reigns. Then following SmackDown ahead of WrestleMania to, quote, shake shit up. 
Good idea or garbage take, SP3? <laughs> Everybody's entitled to their opinions. I'm not going to make fun of the guy. If he thinks it's good, it's a good idea. Okay, that's fine. He knows more about wrestling than I do. I'm pretty sure that uh, Big Papa Dudley did a lot of uh, <laughs> extra. He's been hitting the head a lot. I'll yeah, say yeah, extra, a lot. extracurricular activities before Bully was conceived. Because man, does he does he have good ideas? Like really, when he was the Booker in <laughs> ROE, did he have any good ideas there? When he's I been didn't... on busted open radio and he says anything. Like saying John Moxley should apologize to the fans. And now Bill Goldberg should beat Roman Reigns and end his 500 plus day reign. Billy Ray, God, man, why you, why you gotta be from New York? Why you gotta make New York? Why you gotta, why you gotta, you, yo, you are you literally diminishing Sirius FM, busted open radio. All your colleagues at Busted Open Radio, and one of your colleagues is Tommy Dreamer. So you gotta have some real garbage takes to make Tommy Dreamer look worse than he's made himself look after that Dark Side of the Ring episode. Oh, and you gotta make New York City look bad, man. New York City hasn't looked this bad since Daryl Strawberry, man. I got it. That's enough for me. Go ahead. Obviously, this is a garbage take. Um, I would. Honestly, man, like I, I, I wouldn't hate the idea if it was like Naomi beating Charlotte and throwing a wrench in, in, into all that and playing a little bit on the, the uncertainty and then Charlotte winning it back. Cause we've seen Charlotte lose belts and get belts and lose belts and gets belts. And it wouldn't be that huge of a deal. Plus it would give a little bit of a rub to Naomi and it would kind of shake things up a little bit from what's a, a pretty predictable layout for WWE moving forward. So I get at its basic point where Bully Ray is coming from, because a lot of these matches at, at Extreme Rules in particular, not Extreme Rules, I keep mixing the two up, Elimination Chamber, are very, very predictable, right? It's Becky, it's Brock, it's Roman, it's, it's, it's Bianca Belair. Doesn't mean it's going to be bad, but it's very, very predictable to this point. So I understand where he's going. You've got a 520-some-odd day rain now, a historic rain. You're heading toward uh, a... A, a, a historic title for title match at WrestleMania versus Brock Lesnar. And if there is one person on the damn planet who needs this win over Roman Reigns less than Brock Lesnar, it's Bill effing Goldberg. Let's let's learn from our mistakes and not have Bill Goldberg just show up and beat this unstoppable monster inside of two minutes at Saudi Arabia again. This would almost be worse yeah, it would. than Bill Goldberg beating The Fiend. It this would. is a terrible, terrible idea. But he, it, it's shock jock radio, man. This is, this is what we do. Is this a worse idea than Dolph Ziggler beating Braun Breaker? <laughs> I hate that you have to think about it. Push. I hate that you're thinking about it. It's a push. push. Damn. Damn, he basically just called me Bully Ray. Unbelievable. We appreciate you guys listening to all 59 minutes of this 30-minute podcast. Thank you very much. We'll be back tomorrow morning to recap AEW Dynamite, and we'll finally know all together who this new, brand-new signee is, whether it's Keith Lee or anybody else. It's probably going to be Keith Lee. Let's be completely 
about us. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, follow us on Twitter, get yourself registered to win 50, possibly $100 to shop AEW. Thank you so much for listening to the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.